0: good evening and welcome to Talking Trade. Thank you for joining us. I, as usual, I hope you're at home already or maybe you've finished. I hope you're not still working on uh, past six o'clock on a Thursday. Thursday's a new Friday, isn't it? So um, hopefully on your way home. Um, tonight we're going to be talking about sustainability in construction. So if you're working on any projects like that, because actually the regs are going to change next week on the 15th about different things you need to do on jobs to make them more sustainable. So that's what we're talking about. I've got some brilliant guests that we're going to talk about today. But please put your comments in. And if you do comment, you do get the um, opportunity to win. I don't know why I hold this up because I'm actually wearing one. Um, you get the opportunity to win one of these hoodies. You could even get this one. And all you have to do for that is just put a comment in. And at the end, we will pick that at random, um, and we will we will send that to you. So just get your comments in. Just in it. if you're not working on Earth Sustainable, just let us know where you are. We'll give you a little shout out and uh, we'll say hello to you and hope you're all, all right. So I've got some brilliant guests that I'm going to introduce to you. First, we've got the ever famous James Norton here. <laughs> you all right? <laughs> are we going to give yourself a random? Of- <laughs> <then>. <laughs> here, He's here.
1: He's here. Where did you come from? Mate? You I've to... come from Leeds today. We've been on an extension in Leeds, laying some bricks, getting out of the footings. Oh, so, okay. um, yeah, fresh little plot we started yesterday, continued on the footings today. So tomorrow we should be out of uh, the muck and sludge above DPC and away we go So
0: we used we, to see you on the on the on the tools videos, but but what was it your is it your own business? You do you have guys working for you? Is it a builder's business? What is it you do?
1: Yeah, I've got a business called JD and Brickwork. I've actually come straight from work today, which is why I'm still in Miss Gruff's. I didn't have time to go. You them. wear that all the time. I, <laughs> I mean, yeah, well, brand everything and all that. S. Yeah. So, yeah, so I came straight down, uh, left Leeds around about half two today. Got here just in time to do this with you guys. It's a pleasure uh, to be here. So thank oh, you. Thanks for coming, me. Out, mate. So, so have you've got guys working for you, or is it just yourself? Uh, I do, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a few guys on my team. Yeah. Just
0: all subbies, or like employees? Yeah. So, yeah. In the
1: subbies, we've got a few lads on dairy, We've got an apprentice. We've got a labourer. And um, if we've got a project where it's more than just the brickwork, which is my forte. Okay. Brickwork is like everything that I know. I don't know anything else about anything else other than really brickwork. So, if we have a project uh, that comes about where there's more than just the brickwork involved, I'll uh, I'll bring some sub subcontractors in to help oh, okay. me out like so, so you've yes. been doing extension there you got the footings in yeah the footings are in so we're working in partnership with a local building company at this moment in time that have extensions churning out of their ears left right and center so uh they sub us in to do the brickwork. uh i provide the bricklaying uh labor and we get the job done for footings that, are so. got to be deep these days aren't they footings do have to be deep well it depends we've recently been on a job Uh, Before I started the one that we started yesterday, where we had to change the type of foundation because of the ground. So we started digging the foundation and we realized that it was um, what's called, I can't remember the term for it, but it's where it was almost a new build house. And when they've finished the gardens, they've kind of filled it with clay and then some crap and then some clay and then some crap. So because it's not all solid clay, uh, the building inspector insisted that we change the t- either change the type of foundation or keep digging until we hit solid clay. And to hit solid clay, we'd have been digging and digging and digging until we probably got to the uh, our friends on the other side of the oh, globe. Right. So we had to change the type foundation to a raft foundation. So that was a bit of an headache. So that, obviously, all the regs and everything got changed and every, the type What's foundation a raft? got What's changed. Raft raft What's like, So picture a raft, like a raft boat. Yeah. That's almost what it is. I mean, our man here will be the one to tell you all about raft foundations. But, yeah, we seem like professionals because the last couple of jobs we've had, we have had to change the type to a raft foundation because of the ground, the type of ground. So in the foundation, like you say, yeah, back to your point, (laughs) it is a bit of an edit because you're going into the unknown. Okay. Well, thanks for coming down. Now it's a long way to come. Uh, And welcome to John.
2: Hello, John. Hi. Good to be with you. Thank you very much. Tell us what you do and what you're up to. Yeah, yeah. So I'm an architect. I'm I'm self-employed. Um, And unlike unlike James here, I haven't got other people uh, to delegate stuff.
0: That's (laughs) the best way of recognition.
2: (laughs) I'm I'm my own boss. um, And um, I I, I used to work with a much bigger firm, Associated Architects, in in Birmingham. But I'm really enjoying doing freelance now, particularly because my passion ever since I was an architectural student, which is a long time ago, as you can tell from so many grey hairs now, (laughs) I've been very, very passionate about the green sort of stuff. You know, I think many years ago, nobody really got it. But in the last few years, I think people are beginning to wake up to okay. you know, the fact that we've got um, you see David Attenborough on the TV, you see the ice melting, you see these fires in Australia, you see even in the UK, you know, you see terrible flooding, people who can't get home at night. And I think everyone is beginning to wake up to see, well, actually, you know, it's not just when the climate it may change that you know we need to worry about for our grandchildren it's actually happening around us now so you know i've i've been doing um green architecture nearly all my professional life as much as as much as i can with with the projects that i've worked on so is that all you you do now just sort of green work absolutely yes yes i mean i think what i'm really interested in is you know some people now are are are, who've, who've really got it are coming to me and saying look what do i need to do john I've, I've got that this is this is important now and you know if i'm building a school or a hospital or whatever one of the ones i've just been working on recently is st richard's hospice in in worcester and you know a hospice it can be a sad place but it's that they're fantastic people there i have to say st richard's hospice in worcester some of the people there like who are founders of the hospice movement from 50 years ago old you know older people in their 90s on zimmer frames now but with a gleam in their eye that they were sort of founders of the hospice movement really enlightened stuff and you know people come to me and they say well okay we really get that this um this climate emergency is a thing it's not just kind of you know people talking about it it's a real thing what should we do and so you know there are a lot of people who, who, who want to do the right thing and i'm fortunate enough over you know over the last 30 plus years of practice to have done a lot of pioneering buildings so i'm in a really um a, a, interesting place to be able to guide lots of people on their on their journey yes yeah,
0: so, that's about a fantastic yeah, career yeah. So, so i know some people watching this and some of us in the office we're in this we, this subject came through, is um, and I think you're, you're, you're best qualified to answer this question. What actually is sustainable construction? How would you
2: define that? Yeah, well, very good question. So I think there are lots of definitions of this, but one of the things about sustainability is making sure s- sustainable construction. Sustainable really means that we, do, we meet our own needs, the needs that we do need to do if, if we're making a building or whatever, but without prejudicing, without meaning that our children and our grandchildren can't meet their needs. That's one of the sort of widely okay. accepted definitions of, of sustainability. So what you're doing today is not going to stop future generations doing their stuff. And you know, if we just look at the big picture, because I think this is not just about construction, it's about the way we live and everything, then um, at the moment, uh, I think one of the framings I like is is called One Planet Living and the World Wildlife Fund uh, did, did some work on this and they said, look, if you look in simple terms we've got one planet here okay we, we don't know many others we can't inhabit Mars or anything at the moment <laughs> uh, maybe one day who knows you, you but, might be working on one of those projects maybe but somehow I doubt it but we've got one planet and you know at the moment depending on if, if you look at the UK we're using resources as if like we had three planets if you look at America it's they're using resources for each and every person as if we had five planets and if you look at places in the Gulf, they're looking, they're using resources as if we had 13 planets. You know, if you look at the energy which is being used per head. And so sustainability is about trying to bring back our energy use to, to something that's, that's sustainable. For the future of our children and grandchildren. Absolutely, uh, grandchildren. Absolutely,
0: yeah. Well, we've got some co- comments already. Thank you very much for uh, sending them in. Then We'll just have them on the screen there. I hope you can see them of our... Old eyes. Hello, Josh. Josh is from Devon, which is a beautiful part of the country. Very sustainable down there, eh, Josh? Eh? Nice car you got there, buddy. You must be electrician, I reckon, eh? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Suzanne from Kent. Oh, it's all got the cars Um That's a plaster, I reckon, with that Mini, eh? <laughs> <laughs> or <a> Bricklayer. <laughs> Definitely not a Bricklayer. <laughs> uh, hello, Chris. Thanks, mate. Um, sustainability in business is the key, and the FSB, um, as a federation of small business, has done and does do, I think that's what that is, isn't it? Or is that something to do with Bricklayers? Um, why not invite me to chat about it? Well, you're always welcome to come on, Chris. In fact, in four weeks' time, um we will be doing a similar subject so why don't you just uh, sort of message the page in with your details and hopefully we get we're always looking for great guests to come in um have you ever been asked to do anything sustainable any, any sort of green work with your extensions or something a little bit differently that's not normed you know
1: for for the future generations i feel very uh, inadequate sat here next to our i over there <laughs> uh, <that's laughs> very green and uh, and and yeah, sustainable and stuff. As a bricklayer, you flew down from uh, Leeds. <laughs> <laughs> no,
2: he didn't. You're we very
1: cruel. On his well, private but, jet. I didn't come on my uh, my bike like obviously <laughs> rightly so did. But um, yeah, long am, cycle
2: ride from Leeds. It, it would be. It would be a long yeah. way to
1: come on the bike. Daniel, from Leeds, yeah. Well. <laughs> You oh, made me think that. I'm thinking. Thinking. I remember a bricklayer, Andy. <laughs> right? I, I, my brain cannot engage that, that quickly. <laughs> um, sustainability, no, I have to confess, as a bricklayer, obviously we use materials, we construct builds, we do extensions, new builds, housing, and housing developers, as you know, are not as bothered about sustainability and keeping green, I dare say. Some maybe pretend they are, some like to make out like they're trying to make some changes to become more green, but um, as uh, John will confirm they're not really doing anything to promote sustainability and eco-friendly builds and stuff. Like myself, I'm not really conscious of it i just kind of turn up to work and uh, yeah. the materials are there the concrete turns up you don't really know where it's come from what damage it is doing to the environment and stuff like that you kind of just use it because it's there and everything's moving so fast in business there's so many moving parts so many things for you to focus on so using the materials and grabbing whatever comes to you no matter where it comes from you kind of just use it without thinking because you're focused on getting the job done you're focusing on keeping the client happy you're focusing on keeping everything moving uh, smoothly and as, as swiftly as it can so sustainability is something that like i said i do have to confess I'm not really conscious of but even having listening to John's uh, snippet there, what you were talking about, I'm learning things now. Yeah. And, uh, mm-hmm.
2: nice but James, it. I think you're very much not on your own, you know, because a lot of the industry is at that point and a lot of, the, you know, some of the more enlightened builders, merchants are beginning to, st- to stock eco this and that. But, you know, if you take one example, there's, there's concrete, which you've mentioned, which is, I think the figure now is that 9% of global CO2 comes just from the production of cement. So it's got a very bad carbon, that's a, of the whole of the, uh, of, of, of the Cheers, Johnny. Put, put, just put me out of business. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. no, no. <laughs> you get those Lego things. You know, and, and, and there are areas where we've got to use cement. I'm not saying we can never use it, but, you know, it's just like we've been using it like there's no tomorrow. And, and none of us have, have known this. And, you know, you can't blame people if nobody knows that that's got a bad footprint to it. But, you know, there is an alternative, Limecrete, and you can use it in some things, not, not in others. But I think one of the main constraints is that it's, it's not yet mainstream. And so, you know, if I, if I as an architect would say to you, right, mate, on this job, you're going to use Limecrete. And you think, well, OK, you know, I want to be a bit greener. I'll try it. But then you go to the builder's merchant and the builder's merchant says, oh, I'd love to do it for you, mate. And, you know, I, I had a conversation with, with one of the builder's merchants recently and they were saying, John, Limecrete, we'd love to do it. But the trouble is, because, you know, only one in a 100 customers wants it or something. If we do it, then what we've got to do is we've got to rinse out the whole of the wagon and everything. And then we've got to do the limecrete and it's only one load. And then we have to do it back again. But a lot of these things, when they start to become mainstream, you know, you can imagine in five years time perhaps they've got you know perhaps they've got five wagons in in the, um, in the place and one of them they just dedicate to limecrete and then it becomes easy for you to do it and until then you know it's we're in a difficult area where I have to admit you know some things are more expensive more hassle you have to think a few more days in advance and order your stuff and so you know you're not alone in the industry not quite sort of um, being up to speed yet but you know I'm not slagging anyone off because I think I think a lot of people are interested in this agenda and a lot of housing developers you know there are some who aren't there are some who are and and who really get it and um you know i was talking to a guy down in oxford um not so long ago and he's um he's a housing developer but he's really got that in fact people are interested not only in just buying this house but then they're going to live in it and they've got to pay their mortgage and whatever and um, if their fuel bills topical subject now. If their fuel bills um, are going to be down like at 10% of what they were, i.e., you 90% saving on your fuel bill. And, you know, buildings measured and monitored that I've designed over the years, we're talking about 80, 90, 93, 95 percent reduction. Then that makes a massive difference. And what that means is that the green stuff will pay for itself in a much shorter time. And so, you know, I think people, as I say, are beginning to understand it, beginning to ask for it. And there are parts of the building industry that are really, you know, fantastic, um, good practice, really doing it already. And there are others who, you know, perhaps are, are not. Um, uh, not yet that knowledgeable about it, but I think are beginning to think, hey, you know, we need to um, we need to have a think about this because
0: the, the government have um, pledged to have net zero carbon emissions by twenty fifty. So I looked at some numbers of what produces th- this carbon, and forty five percent of total carbon emissions come from buildings. Um, you know, well, that's, of course, because that takes up most of our, our lives so as are living in things. But 72% of domestic emissions are from the provision of hot water of heating. Well, you, yeah, in heating. So, yeah. you know, when you're running your boiler, 32% of landfill waste comes from construction and um, demolished, you know, demolition of buildings. And 13% of products delivered to construction sites are sent directly to the landfill. Yeah, thirty isn't it? 13% of. Th- 13 sorry, 13 sorry. So, so, landfill, 13% of that is stuff from.
1: From buildings, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: All the you know, when all the blocks come, it's all wrapped in plastic, and
2: and Andy, there's there's another figure that. I think over 90% of our buildings are demolished before they've reached the end of their life. Oh, really? We're just ripping them down like there's no tomorrow. You know, a building, if, if you look at it, yeah, how long is a building going to last, you don't know. But, you know, if you look around you, any building that was built in 1900 or before, which is a Victorian building, is is like more than 120 years old. So that's old. There are loads of buildings from the 60s. They're, they're 60 years old now. Um, but you know a lot of, uh, but sixty years is thought to be a kind of you know a rough kind of average design life. But a lot of buildings are now pulled down after thirty years or yeah. something. Tracking. And so you know I think th- those figures are fantastic. You've got to, yeah. to quote. So you know for, y- your figure was forty five percent of um, UK carbon footprint is just from buildings. And if we could just unpack that a bit. Um, There there are sort of three elements to that really. The first is the energy that we use to actually run the buildings. Okay, so that's sometimes called operational carbon, but that's, that's that's the running cost of the buildings. And the other part is the actual building of the buildings. So there's the energy to run the buildings and the energy to actually build the buildings. And if you actually add in the transport as well. Then you've got, um, you know, because there's a lot of big wagons, you, you, you've just come down the M6 or something. How many of those wagons that you were passing were carrying stuff in the construction industry? Well, a lot of them. And if you factor that in, then then that 45 percent figure goes up to 49 percent of UK okay. stuff is all about building. So it's a big, big chunk of carbon. Yeah. But the good news is we can make big, big savings because, you know, that figure of 72% for the average home, the, it depends who you look at, someone else says 77%. Yeah. But, you know, roughly three quarters of the energy used in an average home is just to keep the place warm. Yeah. And <laughs> it's kind of, it's frightening really, isn't it? Because the other things, if you think of the whole energy use, the other things are like your fridge, your cooker, your, your cooker your lights and maybe you're putting in new led lights now which are lower energy you might have a laptop you might have charging your phone yeah those sort of things you know there are lots of little bits and pieces but the big lion's share is is, is heating yeah you I mean, so. have to
0: get this down yeah. by 30 percent, apparently so we've, we've got some more comments coming in thank you very much for them um james bennett it's the goats, it's the goats is, uh causing it, I suppose. All the sheep, are <laughs> causing all that global warming. <laughs> um, uh, next comment is on Joanne, I need a new jumper. Yeah, then we can keep those heating bills down, Joanne, and we can do our bit, can't we? To keep... Keep coat on. Yeah, put a big
1: coat on. Let <laughs> 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 me you, you don't feel that cold a, yours, a, yeah, you? Go
0: on, man. Do <laughs> you have to, uh, do you have a get off the tool, city? Well, we could just get a, a, a Sharpie to it, Steve, and, uh, um, just write b- b- get, oh, I suppose, on top of the week. If you win, we'll, we'll definitely do that for you. Um, and the next call is Barry. He loves it. Barry loves it. Loves what? Uh, Hearts. Heart. I think that is. He loves it. What well, no, Barry. Thanks ever so much. Um, so d- do you know that the building regs are changing next week? We'll a lot of building regs. We had a wrecks. conversation yeah.
1: about this. Yeah. Um, I, did, I, was, I did know something about it, something to do with the installation uh, yeah well quite a few things stuff yeah stuff like that that's the only thing i would part l i think is is it the uh the yeah. code to say that you need more insulation in the building. Do, do they, like do they change does it change your work very much how do you keep up the date with things like I, that i mean i don't i just speak to a lot of people in the trade do a lot of yeah. networking and stuff keep in touch with a lot of people that are doing a similar thing to what i do and we just bounce ideas off of each other we bounce um you know new things that are coming in to the industry and that was one of them last week on a phone call i had with a friend and um, he mentioned it to me and he was saying things like we're in the dark we don't know what's gonna come about it until it actually does come out i don't know maybe you've got a head start in knowing what's going on but um yeah we don't know much so i'm thinking is maybe if we do we have to increase the size of our cavities do we have to increase the the width of the insulation do we have to change the type of insulation to a more expensive type and relay that cost back to the client which is going to affect more so do you, do you work for big sites, talent. big developers? Developers. We do subcontract to developers. Uh, we did two sites last year. we had more onto a different type of uh, works this year, onto more extensions, more domestic works, stuff like that. So it's direct to the client. So I'm speaking directly to the person who's paying the bill.
0: Yeah. I'm
1: not speaking. To, I'm not like uh, speaking to a developer who's getting money from investors to fund the deal and stuff like that, who's having to then pay me. I'm going directly to the source of income. So I'm the one who has to relate to them why their costings has increased by X amount because of this new sustainability thing and the new um, regulations and stuff like that, if it is a more expensive product, which I'm not too sure about, like it's all new. So if it is more expensive, I'm gonna to have to say to these clients, like because this house is being built post the 15th of June, you're gonna to have to pay X amount. Whereas if we did this build say two months prior, the building regs wouldn't have uh, needed this amount of insulation, this amount of whatever it is, this type of eco-friendly way of keeping the build warm. So you could have saved this, like that's a bit of a sickener to hear. So I'm the one who has to have that conversation with the client, which is already a difficult conversation with the increase in cost of materials, the the increase in everything else, going up fuel prices, getting to work. The lads obviously needing more money because of the uh, cost of living increase which is just all difficult conversations that you have to endure as a business owner, especially the ones with the clients because they're the most difficult because they're asking questions such as why is it costing this much when my friend down the road got this exact same T- 10 years ago, yeah. yeah well, not even <laughs> 10 years ago, Andy. You know, it can be as as, as soon as a year ago, eighteen months ago yeah. for yeah. X amount. Price and now, there's a, now there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a 25, 50% increase in yeah. the price purely because of the increase in materials. Mm-hmm. Now, because of this... Um, new change in building regs.
0: Yeah. It's
1: like you've got to add even more money onto your price before even making another penny as a business, before giving the lads a pay rise, before giving yourself even a wage, you know, before making any profit, you've got to already increase your prices by this much. So it, it comes down to the conversation that you have regularly on this page about the increasing cost materials and the increasing costs and everything's just increasing and increasing. And obviously inflation and things is a fact of life. But um, this is just getting getting a bit out of hand at this So, so when you so, work
0: for developers, I guess they must have a, a site manager that tells you that, you know, if, if it was going to be a bigger cavity or there was a different material, they're the ones that would tell you that, you wouldn't have to go and-
1: They're the ones that cost tell you that, I'm, 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 I'm more than happy for them guys to worry about that. Yeah. As long as I get my, uh, my valuation paid at the end of the 60, 90 day period, whatever terms they have, I'm happy. If it's labor only, happy days. If it's materials, labor, full package, full scope of works, that's when it's a bit risky.
0: Yeah. Yeah, as hard as it because there's, there's a there's a few documents that they've uh, updated they have, uh, john and yeah, yeah. um, and they've actually invented some some new ones so um approved document
2: f which is to do with ventilation sound yeah. like i know what i'm talking about that yeah. um part o i think is one of the new part ones O's new. O for overheating yeah um, which is an interesting thing and we sort of, you know, I, th- I think we're perhaps all aware that we're getting um, we're getting hotter summers than, than than we used to, and you know, you you go into I think the typical you know heavens, and we're we we're, we're June now, aren't we? We're summer. I'm wearing my summer shirt for the first time. <laughs> Ooh, I you very summery today. Well, I thought you know it's a lovely day, and actually it is summer really now, yeah. isn't it? You know, heck, it's it's June. And, um, you know, August tends to be the hottest month in, in the UK. And the typical thing that happens for people is they sort of, you know, they they go into their home or their school or their office and there's a heat wave. And, and day one, people say, wow, that was hot, wasn't it? And then they go in on day two and it's even hotter, you know. Um, and, and the building perhaps hasn't cooled down overnight. You know, let's say it got up to 28 that day and the building just cools down a little bit. But then they go in and, and the building starts life that day at maybe 20 degrees instead of sort of 15 degrees and then it goes up and then you know it escalates and it escalates and on day four of the heat wave is when people are all saying oh this XXX X, X place is, is unbearable. And, you know, that overheating problem is is a real issue. And the, the funny thing is that when we put more insulation in our buildings to stop the heat loss, and that 72% of heat loss that, that you mentioned, that's what we need to do. But that also means that the buildings can have difficulty in cooling down if they're not properly cooled. And so this new part o for overheating is to do you know there's never been um in the uk this this sort of thing before there's been quite a lot of good practice on this but it's never been a legislative thing so what it means is if you've got windows facing south that you may need to look at shading um or you may you know there are lots of ways of doing it if if you've got if you've got growy things with with green leaves that come out in the in the summer and not there in the winter then they can provide shading
0: but then i was reading they want to do away with shutters and and, and lagging on pipes because it keeps the heat the shutters keep the heat in rather than let it go out and like document f they want the house to be more airtight which of course that's good because it doesn't call the drafts but at the same time they want more ventilation so they're saying yeah, there has yeah. to be more trickle vents put onto windows yeah.
2: yeah well that's very interesting and i think you know i think airtightness, in in my experience and this is the building science of, of low energy buildings um, it's a real thing, and you, you've come across airtightness on site on, on your on, on your stuff. You know, I think people in, in the trades generally recognise that this is a thing now. But um, I, you know, I, I do some teaching of students, construction students, and architectural students, and what I say to them is, if you, if if we if we just look at one typical, if I could give you one statistic, if you take one square meter of a wall, say you're building a house for someone, and, and you've got um, in the ceiling, you've got an airtight membrane or in the wall, as you're a bricky you've got an airtight membrane. And let's say there's, there's a gap in that airtight line of 0.1%. So that's, you know, you've got a meter by a meter and it's just one mil. OK, that square meter of wall, if that's insulated to, uh, to a good standard, is compromised if you have that 0.1% gap. By, I won't embarrass you by asking you to guess, but you know, students often guess, well, you know, 0.1%, does it make a 10% difference to the insulation? And someone else will say, well, maybe it makes 50% difference to the insulation value of that one square meter of wall. But the answer is it, it makes a 470% oh, I was going to say 465, what were you going to
0: say? <laughs> I'm not, I'm not even going to... <laughs> 470. So,
2: so that, that square one meter milli- wall, One millimetre gap. One millimetre gap in one square metre, and it compromises the insulation value by 470%. Crikey. Pause for to take that in. Yeah. Yes, 470%. This is research by the, the Institute of Building Physics in Stuttgart. But it's now an accepted fact, wow. And that's why the airtightness is important. And, and if you think about it, you know, say you're going and you're buying, like, like, like you were saying, James, you're buying more expensive insulation, thicker insulation, whatever. And let's say there's a gap in that insulation. Then, you know, in the old days when I started work and there was no cavity fill and then there was a little bit and whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. If you had a gap it didn't make so much difference but if you've got like 300 mil of, of insulation in a cavity wall or something and you have a little gap um, then instead of the heat that's escaping from that building wading through that insulation then um, it can take a sort of motorway route, like you've come down the Leeds motorway, without going through the insulation. And that's why it makes such a big difference. And the heat the heat goes out like this in a big kind of fan. So, you know, by the time that 0.1% has got to the outside. That's why we need you, architects <laughs> like you, John. So um, airtightness, really important. Yeah, and, you know, so, yeah. we can talk about ventilation as well, if you like. That's yeah. That's, yeah, yeah, 470%. And you know if when I do toolbox talks with with trades on site i I've often used this now. And I think it really cuts home to people to think this is why yeah. airtightness is important. It's not just a kind of you know yet another regulation imposed. It's it's come out of actual building physics that these guys was, were were thinking. You know, the, 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 there was a guy Wolfgang Feist was thinking why are these buildings not performing right? And he worked out that it was actually you know although they'd got a lot of insulation, they weren't losing the heat through the insulation. They were building a building with more insulation, and it was actually using rather than using less energy it was using more energy so you know yeah. they did research and they thought well oh, what's going on here?" is fantastic thank you very much 170%. 170%. um okay we've got we've got just have a look at some quick comments that come in every
0: house should be built with solar panels and yeah. batteries as standard yeah that, I, I reckon that might come one day don't you know? yeah yeah i agree I think that they might bring that into some regulation sometimes. Um thanks for that, buddy. Um Oliver, I want to get a pet goat, to be honest. Yeah, get one there, mate. Put them in the front room and you won't need to turn the uh, heat on. on, just give it a a cuddle there. Um, um... On a long, right? yeah.
2: James. better they they have hot blood and they, they would give you <laughs> more heat than a goat, mate. It's all the top top comments coming, go on and go on. Sexy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> There's no way I'm saying sexy. That's a profile picture, isn't it? That's crikey. Look at that. Richie is a good lad. Abdo, he's from Morocco. Well a mate. Thanks for watching. That's a, a, that's, um, a bit further than Leeds, buddy. Um, so we've got. So we got. Um, do, you, do you do you work to those regulations very much? Do you, do you get into, with like? I feel
1: document. like a bit of an outcast here. like I said. <laughs> um, no, obviously I'm uh, aware of air tests and things like that. They yeah, turn yeah. up, they, they, they close all the yeah, windows, and yeah. they have a the big fan going on. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And all that stuff, and that's why now I understand why site managers and foremen yeah. are so keen yeah. on coming around inspecting the plots, and making sure every single gap is filled in your block work. Yeah, exactly. all yeah. your brickwork needs to be pointed, your insulation needs to be perfect. Yeah, yeah. and that's why they do because it's you know, it's a re- you know it, it, not, if so. you
2: look, and, 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 unless you've and, and, unless the industry begins to understand this and understand yeah. the why, then you know it's just a complete pain in the butt. Is yeah, it to do all it,
1: this? But do you know what it is, not, like, you've explained it there in what how I've been on this? This is now half an hour. Yeah, yeah. you just explained that perfectly to a point where even I as a well, it's a not even. You're brick an, player, no, you're an intelligent bricklayer. <laughs> no, listen, but um, yeah, you people like you should be coming onto sites and making it, you know, explained a lot more uh, in detail like that, so that the lads on site can comprehend. Yeah, why. yeah. Well, I'm to be manages, come on to talk You know, unless we have these us,
2: conversations, there's same. no reason why anyone should ever understand. And, yeah. and you know, unless you understand you know that the planet is frying and that buildings are 49 percent of it and that air tightness makes a big difference what's the what's the um on
0: new builds what's the air tightness level that they're they're happy with is it 10
2: well it 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 depends i i think it's going down you know it's got more complicated because rather than just you have to satisfy this line you know if you put in better windows you can have worse air tightness and that sort of thing but you know it's it's come down from 10 to sort of five to three but these are sort of default levels that you can get different things but in in my view and you know i'm not alone in this with leading practice i don't know if either of you've heard of a thing called the passive house style. i was just
0: going to say that i've, I've worked yeah. on a passive house we wired it okay, right. and it in it, it, the it's the most airtight house yeah. in yeah, in the yeah. uk yeah and the they, guy can... couldn't believe it he had to go and get his um fan recalibrated because he said yeah. like, i don't believe they're reading yeah. so low yeah. so
2: and on on a passive house you need to get down to 0.6 um air tightness as opposed to ten or three yeah. or whatever. And that's for exactly the reason I've i t- I've explained that, you know, if you've got this good insulation, you put in triple glazed windows and stuff, but you've you've messed up your air tightness. Yeah. He can heat the whole house with one tiny little sort of fan. Um, one little one yeah. goat, I think, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> <laughs> one one goat. Yeah, <laughs> goat in the middle of
0: the um, just got time for a couple more comments. Uh, it comes back to workmanship rather than thicker insulation. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, like, uh, both, mate. I, yeah, I agree both. I reckon. Workmanship
2: yeah. is really important, but I think it's both. Yeah, I think that's <laughs> one of the
0: problems on new builds: the the gaps that they have everywhere is yeah. unbelievable, awesome. isn't it? Like yeah. Say,
2: but like, so, like
1: I was saying to, to John just then, site managers and foremans and people in charge who are in charge, of that they come around shouting and
2: screaming, saying you need to do this, you need to do that, without an explanation. Exactly. Unless you understand what you, why you're being asked to do something, then none of us would want to do it, would we? Because it's more effort. Like you said about yeah. the passive house and. The the timber frame houses, yeah. such a pain to work yeah, around yeah, because yeah. they never set out right,
1: they yeah. don't work to brick gauges. But now that yeah. I personally, even from this conversation, understand why. Yeah. I commit more of a conscious effort to be like, you know what, yeah, it's a bit more of a pain. But look, at what,
2: look at what it's doing. You, you could build a, it, you know, know and and, 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 and watch about my kids and grandkids and yeah, whatever, of course. You know, what mm. am I going to leave them? You could build a house in about two days. It'd be yeah. amazing. Yeah. Just come on the back
0: of one of these big gianters. Yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> an impact driver.
2: <laughs> but that comment about workmanship, if we could just stay with that for a bit. Yeah. Because, you know, there are some really, really good practitioners and, and builders in the building industry. And there are some, Channel 4 have done some exposés where, you know, people have built built a new house and I'm sure it wasn't built by you or, or anyone you know but they, they <laughs> you know, <laughs> but, but, but you know n- n- no disrespect but some of the houses that people have bought they haven't been able to heat them at all because you know the insulation and the workmanship and everything is has not been right and so you know there's a staggering figure that I think many when when you go around and you measure and monitor buildings that have been built to building regs many of them are up to 60% worse than building regs. They're not, you know, although we say this is the building regs. And let's just be clear, you know, the building regs is not the gold standard. I'll repeat that the building regs is not the gold standard. The building regs is the minimum standard to which you are permitted to build in this country. And, you know, if you went to buy, a fridge or whatever or you know people buy a new car or whatever how many people go for the complete bottom of the range Well, you know the the the, the, the thinking is that hardly anyone does they think oh you know I'll, I'll go up to whatever so the building regs bless bless her the building regs you know we all grow up with the building regs but that's the minimum standard and you know because we're not actually achieving the building regs and we need to you know we need to go a lot better to these these passive house levels yeah then i think there's there's a lot of scope for improvement once once yeah. we get nice job it. nice job to work on the past facts
0: um just time for a th- uh three more comments there he is we were wondering where you were Carl. he says hi so um he always sends a message impressive so thanks for writing in Carl. Mm-hmm. uh next comment is from d myers um a lot of site managers have no clue whatsoever we've well, definitely
2: all met them mate oh, we're listening and we
0: and one more uh James is the goat the greatest of all time. Don't make me do my uh, goat impressions. <laughs> Don't no, wait, 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 wait. Um, just some final words yeah, on uh, sort of sustainability if anyone's watching sort of thinking of building a house or getting into it. Yeah, yeah.
2: Well, I I think I think we're living in really exciting times because you know, we're we're at times where people are really beginning to get climate change and we can see what an impact we w- we can make. And I think if we can if we can look not only at the Buildings that we use, and we've talked a lot about energy performance and you know insulation standards and that sort of thing, and that's all the um, how you run the building. But if we look as well at what we're building the buildings from. There's a huge difference in in materials. And we've talked about cement. And, you know, if you're building with with timber that can grow again, then that's a much lower carbon footprint. But it's amazing that, you know, in some of the research that I've done and been involved with, if you take the lowest um, carbon building materials, which can be, you know, if you're using earth-based materials, that sort of thing, and you take the highest building performing materials, there's a differential of 9,000 to 1 between those two. One A real high energy material is not just double the energy. It can be nine thousand uh, tonight. It can be nine thousand times as much energy. So that doesn't mean that, you know quite that you could build 9,000 houses with the energy that you need for one house because you know houses are made up of all sorts of bits and pieces as, as we know. But I think if we can start to think about what we're building these, these materials from and you know everyone in the trade, we, we're used to using things that have got a dead fish or a kind of you know um, a, a, a health and safety warning on the back and we just keep using them and I think there are lots of toxic materials which I think we're sort of, if you look at where we were with asbestos 30 years ago, you know when when I, started, when I started out as an architect, which is 1985, giving away my age, it was still legal for me to put on my drawing asbestos, this, that and the other. Uh, although there were lots of people who were dying of stuff, there wasn't sufficient stuff. And, you know, I think there are a lot of chippies that um that that i've known who you know people say oh well he smoked too much that's why he died of lung stuff but all the vocs that are in these formaldehydes and glues and all those sorts of things there are lots of toxic materials that we don't need to use but you know there are alternatives but like i was saying with limecrete and stuff they're not yet mainstream and i think if we can move to those sustainable materials which are not only much lower carbon but actually much better for the guys and and yeah does the
1: limecrete have the same
2: strength and durability as cement It it takes a bit longer to cure, but it's it's good for. It does end up doing the exact same job as cement. It's almost a no-brainer. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. but it's sort of you know what cement does is is it gives out a lot of carbon, James, while it cures, um, and that's it. You know, massive carbon footprint. Mm. Lime gives out carbon at one stage of its process, but it then actually takes it back in again. So that's what makes it. what makes it better. Well,
0: I've certainly learnt a lot tonight. Yeah,
1: as well. I'm, I've taken a lot from this Yeah, conversation. absolutely I'm fantastic. I'm really grateful to be in the
2: presence yeah. of such a... Um, Brilliant. Uh, well, well it's man. a great team. A great th- team.
1: Um,
0: we, we just have to announce a winner of a hoodie and then we can say cheerio. And thank you very much to Rockwall, who, of course, provide fantastic installation as well to homes. So if you're looking to install someone, please use Rockwall. And the winner of this week's hoodie is... <laughs> a goat, probably. <laughs> Kelly Worrell. Well done, Kelly. Well done, Kelly. Kelly, just uh, send your details. Just give us a message. Send us the, the, the size hood you want and your address. And um, we will send that to you. And that would be fantastic. John, thank you so much, John. That's been learned so much from me. Absolutely brilliant. Well, great, we'll, um,
2: great to be with We'll get you, you in
0: again, because that's fantastic. Thank you, James, for coming all that way, down And um all the new regs start next uh, thir- Wednesday, Thursday. Thank you very much for joining us. <laughs> hope that's uh, giving you some information. We'll see you next time. Cheerio.